on him. Now, I'm going to be sharing a message that I shared a few weeks ago. And all you'll remember it without the train getting off track, talking about understanding God's will. And as I was praying, I thought, Lord, it's just like he couldn't, I couldn't get away from it. He said, no, there's more here. And so as I began to study this week, I found a scripture that just popped out to me. And God showed me four things. Stay with me, Pastor Dave. And, and he showed me four things of, of answering the question that everyone has. How do I know God's will for my life? And I saw it right there. Paul gives us four stages that every one of us are going to go through, an indicator of how to know if you're in and operating in God's specific will for your life or not. So we're going to dive into that, and, and you will see it. You will know if you are or not. And so it's powerful, and, and I hope, pray God blesses it, uses to help you walk through your journey and staying in the will of the Lord. So let's pray. As his servant this morning, I don't want my words. I want God's words to speak through me. Because I can't do it, but he can. All I am is his servant. I'm just a senior servant, church. But let's pray. Would you pray with me and ask God to have his way in my life so that he could use me? Father God, I, I thank you that God, that you're a God, that you're showing up and you're showing off <laughs> in this nation right now. And God, I believe that, God, you're bringing a little hope back to the church, that you're still God, that you're still in control. And God, your people are running to you and looking to you right now. And God, I pray that, God, that they just won't run and look, but God, they will allow you to work and move and transform their lives to be who you want them to be. But God, I ask that, Father, this word that you have imparted in my heart this week, fresh, new, anointed. God, I pray that, God, that, that it's your word. And God, I pray that, Father, that, that you will speak what you want to speak this morning. That, God, that your will will be done this morning through this vessel as I yield as your servant. Just use me, God. And I pray that, God, that your Holy Spirit will just flow and God change and transform lives in this building this morning. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. All right. How many is ready to dive in and see where God's going to take us this morning? Amen. So let's all buckle our seatbelt. We're getting ready to take this plane and we're getting ready to take off. Amen. And all right, DJ, you know, buckle. You know, you don't have any passengers on your planes, but you know, if you did, you know, back, buckle your seatbelt. We're getting ready to take off. How do you buckle? I'm sure you have to tie down all the packages. We're getting ready to go. Anyway, but, um, he flies for UPS, those you don't know. So uh, he, gets, he gets lonely up there in the sky, I'm sure. Don't you? Those packages don't have very much conversation. Anyway, let's get off that. But we're going to take off this morning and see where God goes. So today, I'm just going to call it part two. Part two. And so, so why is it so important that you know what God's will is for your life? Why is that so important? Why am I so passionate about it? And why does it jump off the pages at me as I read the scriptures? And here's the reason why I think I put it in our, yeah, here it is, that God gave me this week. When you know what God's will is for your life, here's what's going to happen. You will live your life to please him. You won't worry about everybody else. You won't worry about this or that or this or that. You will be so focused that you will want to only and only please God. Amen. 
So how many of you remember the little train track that I brought here uh, a few weeks ago? And, and so we're going to talk about, we're going to review for just a moment before we get into the heart of the message, because I want you to back up and tell you where we were for those of you who weren't here. And I ask you a very important question. And the question that I ask you was this, are you living your life the way you're supposed to? Let's take a step further. Are you living your life to please God? And, and sadly, we're living in a day and hour where people, it's difficult, and we get off track, and, 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 and we lose focus of what God's really wanted to do in our lives because of what's happening in the world all around us. And so many people get out of, out of, this, out of the, the will of God, and, and they get off track, as a matter of fact, Jesus in the Word, and I use this scripture again, you're gonna, it's going to be reviewed for just a moment. Uh, Jesus uses this, this is his words on how he says, look, look, I have a door for you. He uses doors to explain staying on the right track. Watch what he says here in Revelation 3, verses 7 and 8. What he opens, what he opens, this door, no one can shut. So I got some good news. God has, since you were born, a will for you and a plan for you. We know that in Jeremiah 29, 11, right? For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. So God has already laid out this plan. He already has this open door for you. So if you've gotten off track, the good news is, he said, I could put you back. Amen. I can get you back on track. And then he goes on here and he says, and what he shuts, no one can open. So here's the thing. You think you cannot, no one can monkey with what God has already done. What he opens, he opens. And when he shuts it, he'll shut it. But we can't do it. We can't get involved with that. And then he goes on here and he says, and he says this, that, that he knows that we mess up. Watch what he says here. And I put it in, I highlight it in yellow. I know your deeds. And he said, I know that you struggle. I know that you have problems. I know that you go through difficult times. I know that you get off track. But here's the good news. The door's still open. I still love you. I still accept you. I still want you as my child, as my son, as my daughter. So no matter who you are this morning, as Denise said, there's some of you feel like that you're a failure. I got great news. God still loves you and wants you. You just got off track a little bit. Let him put you back on track. Okay. And so he said, I know your deeds. See, I have placed the door before you. And again, he says, an open door that no one can shut. He said, look, you just went through the wrong door. I need you to go through this door, not that door. You stay on the path that I have for you, declares the Lord. So I can put you back on this track. Now, I found another scripture where Paul begins to give us a warning about how to stay on the right door. How do we do it? Now, watch what he says here, because it's a little warning. In, in Ephesians 5, verses 15 and 17, he says, be very careful. Because by the way, Paul was a man who walked in the will of the Lord. So if anyone can give us instructions on how to follow the will of the Lord, he can. So he says, be careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. Be wise, making the most of every opportunity. In other words, there are going to be many doors that's going to show itself as an opportunity for you. Good doors and bad doors. And so the question we're going to try to answer this morning is how do we know which door to go through? But they're going to, you're going to have many opportunities. That's why he says you've got to be wise. Because the days are evil, therefore do not be foolish. But here it is, understand what 
The Lord's will is. This is where God has given me this little mini message or mini series, whatever you want to call it. That's where this is coming from. We have to understand what the will of the Lord is for my life, for your life. But how do we do that? And so we're going to answer that question this morning. And so, and so, again, when you know what God's will is for your life, you will live your life to please him and no one else. Amen. So it's important that we understand what God's will is. Now, I broke it down as well. And again, this is going to be a, a review for you. To understand God's will, it's actually broken down in two parts. There is his, there's his moral will. That's his general will. And where does his general will come from? It comes from the word of God, Okay. You read the word of God and it says, don't steal, don't kill, honor your father and mother, keep the Sabbath holy, pay your tithes, all that. That's right here. Okay, black and white. And so in other words, and James says we have to be doers of the word, not just hearers only. So if you want to start on, on obeying God's will and doing God's will, just do the word of God. Okay, but, but then there's another will and it's his specific will. Okay, and this is the one that everyone struggles on. How do I know? how to operate and how to flow in God's specific or his sovereign will. And this basically means it's what God is doing on the earth, right? This is his, this is his uh, sovereign will, what he's doing. And how do we stay in tune with that? How do we follow that? And how do we know, again, which door to open up? Because here's what we do all the time. And I think sometimes many people, instead of looking at God, they look at God differently. They look at God as like some genie in a bottle, don't they? Oh, here's the bottle. Rub it. Help pops Jesus. Okay, what three wishes do you want? Am I the only one kind of, you know, okay, and they go, okay, I want this. Or he's like some spiritual Coke machine. And you put it, I want, I want, I want the spiritual Dr. Pepper. Hello, oh, that's good. I want that spiritual Mountain Dew. You know, and we think that God exists to give us everything that we want, that we need, that's not why we were created, church. We were created to align ourselves up to God's will, God's specific will, and God's moral will. So get over yourself, and let's get back into the, our, 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 the will that God has for us, because he's not some genie in a bottle. He's not some spiritual Coke machine where we can just get whatever we want. No, but the beautiful thing about it is when you finally get into his sovereign will, man, your life is good. It is amazing to get there. And so let's, let's, let's continue to break this down. So the more that you get to know God's moral will, the more that you get to know God's sovereign will or his specific will, the more that you'll be able to know his will for your life. And so this is what I'm going to try to help you with this morning and understand how do we do this. So again, let's go back to this question. How do I know God's sovereign will, or let's take it a step further, or which door? Do I go through? Because he says you're going to have many opportunities. There are going to be many doors. And by the way, the door that I open, I'm not going to shut. This is the perfect door. How do I find that perfect door that God has for my life? Now, think about this for just a moment. Let's pause. I just let's think about this. What, what would happen? Could you imagine what would happen if our entire church got into and flowed into the sovereign, the perfect will of God all together. I'll tell you what will happen. It will, same thing that's happening down south when these students walked in that door that God opened for them and they all came in together and they started worshiping the Lord and God showed up. And God can do the very same thing here. But think about it. When we all come together and we all line ourselves up in God's sovereign will, 
And this is why this happened. This is why it's happened all across the country. And I believe it can happen here as well. Happen anywhere. It happens anywhere where God's people align themselves with God and say, God, it's not my will, but God, your will. God, it's not about pride. No, no man can do anything. We're not, I'm not smart. Now, there's not a pastor on staff smart enough to conjure up what God can do. We have to stay obedient to him. And so I'm going to do the best thing I can. I'm going to do as much as I can to get you and myself hungry and stay hungry for God. Tonight, I want to encourage you, come out. What an incredible opportunity. Or, or, or even Wednesdays. We have prayer every Wednesday night, and it's been powerful, by the way. Unbelievable. What God has been doing, showing up at 545. And look, I don't want an agenda. We're going to throw the agendas out the window, Carl and Gail, and we're just going to see what God can do. Amen. It's, about, it's about seeking God. It's about praying. But what, I, what, I, what I'm realizing is there's so many people that they want God's presence or, or, or they want God's joy and they want God's peace and they want God's happiness. They want God to bless their marriage. They want God to bless their finances. They want all of that, but they don't want God. But we want God to do those things, but we, but we want to try to do it without God. You know, I saw a, a video last night. On, it was a couple nights ago. Um, my sister and brother-in-law came in, and, and Wilma, they pulled up a Shonda Pierce deal. You know, she's a comedian. It's funny. Uh, but she said something that was just alarming to me. She said she wanted to be, uh, uh, Dave Letterman wanted her to come on his show. But his staff, but the, but the network told her, well, we just don't want you to say Jesus. So she said, I bought a T-shirt and had Jesus on it. <laughs> Why are people so afraid of that name? Because it's powerful. The enemy's afraid of that name. And any network that's not believers, they're going to say, don't let her say that name. They're not the ones saying it. It's the enemy saying it. Because we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness, against spiritual wickedness in high places. The enemy just uses people that aren't saved to try to get his will and way. I say, speak the name of Jesus all you want, honey. Yeah. Go for it. But anyway, and so, so the first week we talked more about the moral will of God. And that is the word of God. And so understanding and doing what this says, that is his moral will. Okay, plain and simple. Do it. It's no rocket science to figure that one out. But the specific will of God or his sovereign will, this is where we're going to stay today. And we're going to try to answer this question. And, and so, again, I've already told you that Paul shows us a four-step process that he went through. And I saw it clear and plain this week. And I'm going to show it to you and hope you get the same thing I got out of it. And it's, just, it's powerful. And, and he says these are the four steps that he's going through. And he shows us right here. And I'll break it down if you don't catch them, okay? We're going to break them all down. But let me go ahead and read the whole part that I got. In Acts 20, verses 22 and 24, watch what he says. He says, and now, compelled by the Spirit, I am going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city, the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. Okay, and he continues on. He says, however, I consider my life worth nothing to me. Again, doesn't matter what the world says. 
if only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. Now, so he, did you see him? Did you see the four things? You see the four stages that every believer will go through. If you're a believer and you are going into God's sovereign will or you've walked into that will that God has for you, you will go through these four stages in your life. And I'm gonna show them to you and they're your indicators to know if you're in the will of the Lord or not. Because I always hear that question. I wanna know what God's will is for my life, okay? This is how you're going to know if you're in God's will, because these four things are going to happen in your life. And it happens in my life. It's happened in these past. I'm telling you, and you'll see it. You'll catch it right off the bat because he says it plain and simple right here. It is. So the first stage that you will experience if you're in the will of the Lord is this one. The Holy Spirit will compel you. Will compel you. Now, my wife, when I was studying, she came in my office and she goes, and I was telling her about the message. She said, what are you going to preach about? I said, I'm going to be preaching about understanding the Holy Spirit, but I'm going to go more in the, in the sovereign will of God this time. And, and I told her this first point. She said, compel. She said, now, what exactly does that mean again? And I said, I, I read, I said, compel. If you look it up in the dictionary or Webster, he puts it this way. It means to force someone to do something. Force someone. She said, that sounds awful mean. I go, Thank God I want the Holy Spirit to force me to do things because I'm sick and tired of my soul forcing me to do things because your soul does it every day, forces you to make this decision. But it's time that we are compelled by the Holy Spirit that it forces us to make the right decisions. Are you getting with? And so watch what he says here in Acts chapter 20, verse 22. And now compelled by the Holy Spirit. There's something burning inside of me and I can't stop it. It's something making me do this. I'm going to Jerusalem. Wait a minute. I, I, I really wanted to go to Samaria. I really wanted to go to Rome. But no, he's making me go to Jerusalem. Now, I know that you're getting sick and tired of all of the, all of the, the, the startup stories that I have about the church. I, I'm sorry. It's all I got. I wish I could find some more, but I don't. But when we were called to this area, God compelled my wife and I to come to Scottsburg. We wanted to go to Greenwood because it made more sense to us because that's where we spent the last 15 years. That's where everybody knew us. That's where everybody loved us. Okay, I was so disconnected with Scottsburg. Are you kidding me? God says, no, that he put a burning passion in us to do something that we didn't want to do, but we were compelled to come to Scottsburg. And I'm so thankful that I was compelled to do that. Amen. And there are some of you this morning, God is compelling you to do something and don't, don't, don't back off, do it. Just go for it and see what God will do. In Job chapter 32, verses 18 and 19, he gets excited as well. He was compelled. Watch this. And Job, he says, for I am full of words, man. There are words inside of me that I'm compelled with. And he says, and the spirit within me compels me. Inside, I'm like a bottled up wine, like new wineskins, ready to burst. If I don't share these words, I'm going to explode. You ever felt that way? That's what the Holy Spirit will do. When you are lined up in the sovereign will of God, he will compel you to do something that you, don't, that you didn't think you could do. Why in the world am I doing this? But that's the compelling of the Holy Spirit. I know people today who've given up everything to do something crazy. There are some young adults 
Sometimes you say, why do you want to go on a mission trip? I don't know. I'm just feeling compelled to go. But we'll figure it out when we get there. But then there's some just, I'm just in for the ride. I just want to go check it out. Now, that's not being compelled. That's just give me your money. I'll, if you want to waste the tooth, well, how much it costs? Just give me the money. I could use it better. But you know what I'm saying? But if God's compelling you, I got to go. Tammy, Dylan, she got three boys, single mama. She's compelled to do missions work out of all the people in the world. That's the last person that you would think God would use. But she's compelled and she wants to do it. She knows that she has to do it. And again, God is compelling many of you here. How about Moses? He was compelled by God to go down into Egypt and get the children of Israel under the captivity of Pharaoh. He didn't want to do that either. Remember him? But God, are you kidding me, God? Me, are you kidding me? And so I don't want to jump ahead of myself because, but let's go back now. And so the question you'll ask yourself is this. I don't know why I'm doing this, but I know I'm just supposed to do it. You ever said that to yourself? That's being compelled by the Holy Spirit. That's how you know that you're in God. And by the way, being compelled, and that's not being compelled to do something, a sin. <laughs> it's being compelled to do something for the glory of God. Yes. Okay? Well, God compelled me to leave my wife and go, go marry that one. That's not, that's of the devil, okay? That's not being compelled. Okay, that's totally wrong. I'm talking about being compelled by the Holy Spirit to do something for the glory of God. You'll know it. He will compel you. It's how that you know that you're in the God's specific will of God. And so here's the, here's the second one now. So knowing that the Holy Spirit will compel you is the first stage you'll go through. And the second phase is this, and, 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 this is, and we all go through it, is you will go through uncertainties. You'll go through them. So why in the world, let's go back to Moses now, why in the world would you call me? I'm not qualified. God, I, 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 I can't speak fluently. I'm not, I can't read and write very good, whatever you, however you want to turn. But anyway, you know, all this, but, but you'll face uncertainties about where you're at. You, do you think everything was just a, 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 just a rosy posy, wonderful experience when we moved to town with nobody and figured out we're going to plant a church, we're going to start a church. Okay, what, what's it look? I don't know. You talking about uncertainties, didn't know where we we're going to have church, didn't know who was going to come, didn't know if anybody would come. I didn't even know how to do it. I never pastored a church a day in my life. I, are you, I said, God, I'm making all these, God, there's no way I'm qualified to do this. I still say that every Monday morning. <laughs> Y'all keep coming back. I go, okay, God, I'll just keep going at it here. But, you know, but we, we, we face uncertainties when God compels you to do some things. He will compel you. And so in Acts chapter 20, verses 22, here's where we get this one at now. Watch what he says. I'm going to Jerusalem not knowing what will happen to me there? I don't know what's going to happen when I get there. I don't have a clue. It's like, didn't you and Betty, you want to do marriage ministry. You didn't know. God was compelling you to do that, right? But yet you had a lot of uncertainties. You didn't know what it was going to look like. You didn't know how it was going to happen. But you, but you just, you was compelled and you did it. And God began to reveal the uncertainties. And he began to just kind of like start lining it all up. But here's the thing. Unless you follow the compelling of the Holy Spirit, you'll never know. You'll still be where you're at today, doing the same thing you're doing, however long you've been doing it. See, the compelling of the Holy Spirit is going, is going to force you to do something 
to get you out of your comfort zone to do something that you thought there's no possible way I can. And by the way, he specializes in making you do stuff that you have no clue how to do it. And let me, let me prove it. I, mean, I think I put that in my notes. God often asks you to do things you don't know how to do. Okay, God, are you, can we like reverse that a little bit? Can you ask me to do something I do know how to do? No, because he says this is exactly where you need to be because this is exactly how I can use you because you won't be in yourself. You'll have to rely on me. So he's going to only ask you to do things you don't know how to do. You all know, Simon, I know you get sick of this word. I got it. I got it. I'm a computer guy or a accounting guy. I'm a numbers guy. I'm not a pastor. I'm not a pre- I'm a pastor. Yeah, I'm a pastor. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my God, you surely got a sick sense of humor with me here, buddy. I have no clue what I'm doing. He says, this is exactly where I want you now. Because I'm going to tell you something. I'm confident with other stuff. And I play stupid with a lot of things. I really do. I, 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 like when, when it comes to counting and, and budgeting and stuff like that, I play stupid when I'm with the leadership. But there's not saying nothing I don't know. I mean, I know, I understand that. I understand general ledgers. I understand all that stuff. I understand Bundy. I understand that stuff. But I just enjoy watching people operate in their gifts. Okay? I, and also wiring houses. My dad had me wiring houses when I was like eight years old. I can wire a house with my eyes closed. Now, not commercially. I can't do that. I've never done that, Jim. So, but I, I can. It's just easy to me. But pastoring a church... I'm scared half to death every morning. Because I'm so uncomfortable here. Because I really don't understand it. I'm always walking in this uncertainty. God, I, I, I don't understand, God. He says, you don't have to, son. I'm just going to anoint you every Sunday to keep just opening your mouth and yielding to me and let flow come out of you. Whatever comes out of you, it's going to be me. I don't need your talent, young man. I don't need that because what will happen is when you start operating in yourself, you'll say, God, you sit over there. I got this covered. God doesn't, God can't use a person like that in pride and confidence. He he only can use, he he specializes in using people who don't know what they're doing. (laughs) And when you're in the will of the Lord, this is the craziest thing you'll ever experience in your life. Because first of all, he's going to compel you to do it. Something you really don't want to do. And then you're going to have to face all these uncertainties while you're doing it. And oh boy, you're really not going to like the third one. <laughs> but God will give you everything that you need. You don't like the third one. But before I get into the third one, let me go ahead and give you some things of uncertainty here that Paul was going through. Corinthians chapter, 1 Corinthians. I forgot to put that in there, Dana. So it's 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 5 and 9. He says, after I go through Macedonia, I will come to you for I will be going through Macedonia. And he says, perhaps, I don't know. Perhaps I'll stay with you, maybe today, maybe tomorrow, but a little while. You see the uncertainty he's going through here? I will stay with you for a while because he's in the will of the Lord here. Or even spend the winter so that you can help me on my way or on my journey. Now, wherever I go, I don't really have a clue where I'm going to go yet, but wherever God sends me, for I do not want to see you now and make only a passing visit. Now, I'm going to hope... Hope in the Lord that something's going to happen here Spend to spend some time with you if the Lord permits, if the Lord's going to allow me to do it. You, are you sitting all the uncertainties here he's going through? He doesn't know. He's just, he's just going with what the Holy Spirit's telling him to go. But I will stay on at Ephesus until Pentecost because, now watch, a great door. 
Here's the door. Here's his will has opened up for me. You just see what I saw in the scripture. A great door for effective work has opened to me. The will of the Lord is open to me. And he's compelled me. That's the reason why I don't care about what I'm going to do. I'm going to do what he wants me to do. And there are many who oppose me. You see the will of the Lord open up for him? God is opening doors for you. Get out of yourself. And when you feel the compelling, I'm not, I don't know, God, but you know a burning's in your heart to do it. Just do it. Uncertainty's going to come. And I'm going to laugh at you because it happens to all of us. You feel comfortable doing that? No. Well, you're exactly where you need to be then. Because <laughs> you'll have uncertainties. And so, so what is God trying to do? Oh, is Ronnie and Teresa Decker here? Dude, I'm so proud of them. So I'm going I'm, I'm to talk behind her back here, so tell them later, I guess. But it's amazing watching what God is doing in her life. They were compelled to start working with the young people and go over with Pastor Greg and Amanda to, to, to cook for them last year. Now, now uh, uh, David Gardner was over the food last year, and this year David Gardner couldn't be there to be over the kitchen. So Ronnie and Teresa steps up, and they were compelled by the Holy Spirit to go over there. And I guarantee you, Greg, that they were very uncertain about a lot of stuff they were going to do when they get over. They didn't have a clue, but because they did it, it was amazing, wasn't it? God used them in a powerful way. Amazing. By the way, there's Tammy. I didn't even see you sitting there. God compelled you to do that ministry as well. And you're like, oh, I'm a single mama, three kids. God, you sure got a six cent. Are you kidding me? You like, feel like Moses. I'm totally not qualified, but you're actually, you're perfectly qualified. God has called you specifically. Psalms 82.3, right? 82.3. I want to make sure I got the right one. I don't want to put you in another part of the Bible. Okay. Have God switch the calling on your life or something. <laughs> but anyway... But you're going to go through some uncertainties. And I know you never go through any uncertainties, do you? Never. <laughs> never. Okay? Am I lying? Do you feel like you're in God? Is this making sense to you? Now watch. Here we go. Now, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 7, it says, For we walk by faith, not by sight. This is where this really comes into action here. When you are in God's will, you're going to feel uncertain and this is where faith comes in. God, wait a minute. I got to go back to where he compelled you. Yeah, I know that you called me to do what I'm doing here. So I'm just going to continue to keep moving on forward with this thing. And I'm figuring that, God, you're going to figure it all out. So here's my point. Step out and become a part of the team somewhere. They stepped out and become a part of the youth ministry team. There are some of you this morning that God has been compelling you, compelling you, compelling you to get out and start working as greeters at the door. Some of you, God's compelling you, compelling you to get out and work in the parking lot ministry. I can't wait till we get more people out in that parking lot. I, I would love to buy like 20 golf carts with little buggies on the back of it, bringing people to the door. Dude, I'm telling you what, when people come and they do that, we will get you whatever that you need, the tools to do it. We need more than just one, Steve. I know you get lonely out there, man. We got to get a bunch of them. There's a, you know why? Because they're coming. We got to prepare for what God is about to do or not about is doing in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm telling you, so jump on a team and see what God will do. 
See what God will do. I'm telling you, it changed your life. So number one, when you know that you're in the sovereign will of the Lord, what's going to happen? The Holy Spirit's going to compel you to do something that's going to blow your mind. And number two, there's going to be a lot of uncertainties doing it, okay? Get over it. It's part of the journey. (laughs) Now, here's the one you're really not going to like. Because if you're in the sovereign, perfect will, specific will of God, this is what you're going to experience. Now, watch. You're going to face resistance. (laughs) Oh, man. Why? Because the enemy does not want you to be in the will of God. And he's going to resist. He's going to bring things at you to try to get you discouraged. And I know, Tammy, you've never faced this one either. I guarantee it just all works out, doesn't it? I'm picking on Tammy right now because she's here. I'll be picking on Teresa and the Deckers if they was here. They'll be here next service. They better be. (laughs) Or they're not in the will of God. I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm just kidding. You know, I'm just joking. They are. I just like to have fun. So number three, you will face resistance. Why? Because the enemy doesn't want you to do it. And watch, Paul, Paul already knows this. Paul was experiencing this in the will of the Lord. He says this, Acts 20, verses 23. I only know that in every city, the Holy Spirit in me is going to compel me and warn me that prison and hardships are facing me, so be prepared for it. Trust me, I face resistance on a weekly basis as a pastor because the enemy doesn't want me preaching the gospel. The enemy's always going to try to oppose everything that comes out of my mouth. And so it's going to happen. And and resistance will come in all different sizes and shapes and forms that you will be resistant And people will try to stop you from what God has called you to do. It's going to happen when you're in the sovereign, perfect will of God. It will happen. It's going to happen. And I know that you like, I know y'all come for positive messages. I know, oh, Pastor Gary, you know, doesn't it just sound so good? You're going to be resisted. You're going to go through hardships, sorry. But there's a good plan. Hold tight. Hold tight. Watch now. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 18. We wanted to come to you, even I, Paul, time, and I'll put time again again, time and time and time again. <laughs> but Satan, what did he do? He hindered us. He tries to put roadblocks for us. He's trying to do this to you. And Becky, I know you're visiting this morning. You need to pop out and go to your own church here in just a minute, but I'm thankful that you're here. Anyway, I love that couple, Paul and Becky. They are amazing in this community. Thank God for you. And, uh, and I know that you go through that as well, up at the church that you're at. And you, you're feeding people. You're, 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 you've, you all left. You know, Paul left an incredible business, gave it all up, because he was why? You all were compelled to make a difference in this community in a different way. You didn't care. And you gave that up. And now you're making a difference in a bigger way for the glory and the kingdom of God. And I guarantee you when you did it, there was uncertainties all around you. And I guarantee you there's resistance. You face resistance every day. But you know what? You got to push through that. You got to keep moving. Because the enemy is not going to stop. He's going to keep coming at you, keep coming at you, keep coming at you. He's not going to stop because he comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. And he's not going to stop. But we got to also remember that Jesus came to give us life and to give us life more abundantly, and that abundant living is in his will. Stay in his will. See, it only gets hard when you get off track. 
and you get out of the door and you try to do something else, that's when you get blown away. But here's the thing I'm learning about resistance. You see, resistance, a lot of times people, they, they, they think that resistance is something bad that they did wrong, and that's why they're being resisted, and so they quit. I challenge you this morning. I don't think resistance is that at all. This is what God gave me this week, and he's told me, he said, resistance isn't something that you did wrong. It's because you're doing something right. So when you get resistance, say, praise be to God. I am in his will. I'm doing what God's called me to do. So every time someone comes up against you, say, oh, thank you, God. I know I'm in your will now. Because <laughs> if you're not being resisted, the enemy's not going to bother you. Amen. If you're out of the will of the Lord, he wants you to stay out of the will of the Lord. Is this making any sense to people? Y'all getting this? Or, or am I just all pumped about this that I found it this week? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but here's the sad part. Many people quit and they get out of the will of the Lord, and they get out of the ministry, they quit teaching classes, they quit leading, they quit this, they quit that, they quit that, all because they faced a little bit of resistance. And they think, and the enemy says, you're, you're a bad person. You're not good enough. You're not qualified. You can't do this. And so that resistance will come. But here's the thing. When you are truly called by God and you're in his perfect sovereign will, his specific will, you will identify immediately, wait a minute, no way. This burning, this compelling in my spirit came in me. Yes, I'm going to be uh, resisted. Yes, I'm going to go through some uncertainties, but blessed be God, I am not going to quit because I know God is with me right now. So in Romans chapter 8, verses 31 Here's the great news. When you see the resistance come, what then shall we say to these things, these resistances, all of that stuff? If God is for us, let's make it personal, for me, who can be against me? Come on. Come on. Amen. Let's get in the sovereign will of God. You will face uncertainties. You will be forced to do something that you probably just don't want to do. But I'm telling you what, when you hear that voice, oh my goodness, it's the most incredible ride ever. You know, this has probably been the, the most incredible ride of my life in the area that I have no clue what I'm doing half the time. I do. Everybody says, you need to quit saying that. I, I, I do, but I don't. You know what I'm saying? God reveals, and, but, but, but every day is a new day for me, okay? Because it's serious, seriously, when I get into myself and I think, ooh, look at me, look what I did, that's when I'm going to get in trouble. I'm going to get out of the will of the Lord right there. Are you getting with me? And then when resistance comes, that's when you want to quit because you're doing it on your own and you're not doing it with, the, with God because I can only do everything and you can only do everything through Christ which strengthens you. Amen. Amen. So the Holy Spirit will compel you. Come on, Pastor David. Yes. Doing good on time. Hallelujah. I don't care about you time. Check that off. <laughs> but the Holy Spirit's going to compel you to do something that is just totally bizarre or uncomfortable. Okay? See, we're, we, we want comfort. We want to do it our way. We want, we, we, want, we want God, but we want to put God in a box. God, I will work for you, God, only if I can do A, B, C, D. But God, I'm not going to do D-E-F or what? I, didn't even, I need to go back to first grade, don't I? D-D-E-F. 
<laughs> A, B, C, D, E, F, G. There we go. I love it. See, all I'm doing, I'm giving you hope, church. If God can use me, he can definitely use you. You know, I, I, I'm coming to a point in my life, I really don't, I, I haven't got time to worry about it. I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to say silly stuff. But, but here's the reason why, because I'm compelled by God to do what I'm doing. Every morning when I wake up, I'm compelled. And yes, I face uncertainties all the time. And yes, I face resistance all the time. And those are the three that you're going to go. But here's the, here's, the, here's, the, here's the greatest one right here. When you're in God's sovereign will, when you know it, you will be focused and determined to finish. The others are not going to bother you. Yes, you may want to quit. Yes, you may want to give up. But you know what? Becky, you and Paul are still in the race, aren't you? You've not quit. Tammy, you're not quit yet. You're not going to either. We're not going to let you. I'm not going to quit. Dave's not going to. Look, we're going to be here and we're going to encourage you, push you on. But listen, get in the sovereign will of God. Get into that. Just yield to that and, 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 and just wait. And then he will compel you to do something. Wait for it. He will compel you. And it's going to be a little uncomfortable. And you could either yield to it or not. If you don't, it'd be very difficult for you to walk into the will of the Lord because you just obeyed it. I know it's hard, isn't it? But it's time that as a Christian, God's people, we have to hear some tough words if we're going to grow further and stronger in the Lord. Okay? I love to be compelled. I love it when the Holy Spirit makes me do something. Because if he didn't, the enemy's going to make us do something every day. He's going to dangle that carrot in front of you, and you're going, he's going to force you to do something that you do. You think, oh, he didn't force Oh, yes, he did force you to do it. He got you to do it, and he, he won that battle. But the Holy Spirit's trying to nudge you back, forcing you and compelling you to do something that God wants you to do, okay? And so you will be focused and determined to finish. You're not going to quit. You're not going to give up. Watch what he says here in Acts chapter 20, verse 24. He says, however, I consider my life worth nothing because when you find God's perfect will for your life, doesn't matter. You're going to continue to do and please God, Right? I consider my life worth nothing to me. If only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus Christ has given me. <laughs> the task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. So no matter how you've been compelled, or no matter what uncertainty is going to come your way, and no matter what kind of resistance that you're going to face, you know what? When you're in God's perfect will and you've listened to that compelling voice to have you do what you're going to do, it's going to keep you focused and it's going to keep you determined to finish the race. Amen. You're not going to quit. You're not going to give up, but you're going to stay in that race and watch what God will do. And you'll be a life changer. You'll change people's lives because of your obedience. You see, because God, it's about other people. You see, Becky and, and Paul, I know I'm sorry for picking on you this morning, but, but, but God, you're doing what you're doing, not because of you, because of other people need what you have. And God has gifted you to do what you do to make an impact on their life. God is using you, Tammy, to impact other people's lives. Yes. 
That's why he called you. It's not about you. It's about you being obedient and doing what God's called you to do so that you can touch thousands of these, these African, uh, wherever that you're at in their lives. Where is it at? Liberia's, yeah. <laughs> that these kids are going to be changed for the glory of God. All because Tammy heard the voice of the Lord compelling in her heart to go. She went and she faced resistance and she faced uncertainties. But you know what? Because she is determined and because she's faithful, she's going to stay in the race. No matter how hard it gets. You know why? Because you've been compelled. You've been compelled. And all of you, we've all been compelled. What is God compelling you about this morning, church? What is he compelling you to do? Ask yourself that question. God, oh God, what is burning in my heart that I just got to do this thing? Don't wait till everything gets right. My son, bless his heart. He's like me. He's like, has everything together. Wilma, mama, and his wife, Sarah, they want a baby. But Caleb, he's got to have everything right. He's got to have all the finances in order before they have a baby. I said, oh my gosh, I created a monster. <laughs> I said, oh my God, God, forgive me. But son, just have the baby. You will make it happen because God will show you. Yeah, you're going to have uncertainties. Yeah, you'll face resistance. But blessed be God, you were compelled to have this baby. Blessed be God. And because you were compelled, you're going to be focused and you're going to be determined to raise that child the way that he will love God or she will love God in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Let's pray. Father God, I want to thank you that God that we can step into your sovereign, perfect will this morning. And God, I pray that within the sound of my voice that you are compelling your church this morning to do something, to step out and do something for the glory of God, for your glory, God. I pray that God, that there are people right now that they're feeling it, they know it, they've been feeling it for a long time now, but because of uncertainties, and feeling like they're going to be rejected or be resistant. They've not got in the race. But God, this morning, they're going to get in the race. And they're not going to worry about it. And when they get in that race, God, you're going to show that, God, that you're for them and not against them. And you're going to walk them through it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' mighty name.